Truth News Network. No, we don't give away cash. We don't give away new cars, vacations to Las Vegas, or cruises to Alaska. We deal in a commodity that's much more valuable. We deal in the truth, and we give it away in bulk. Without strings, without terms and conditions, and at no cost to you. And how do we do it? We make it up in volume. We're TNN, the Truth News Network. And your host is Dan Newman. OMG, I have two, maybe three, maybe four pockets full of that commodity. We call it the truth. Hey there, everybody. Good morning. Way back in the United States of America, let me first remember to thank you. We delayed our show an hour each day this week because of where I am geographically. I'm in Harai, Zimbabwe, the capital city of Zimbabwe. I've been in very critical meetings all week long, and I thank you for letting me do both. Bring you this show every day catching you up on what happened during your night and then giving you some thoughts and ideas and perspective about what's happening in your world today, my world today, especially regarding the very important things that are happening in the U.S. today. And what would that be? The ending of Title 42. That's the Centers for Disease Control edict that was put out during the Trump administration, which gave authorities the absolute right to take everybody that came into the United States illegally across our southern border and remove them immediately. That has lasted, and it's helped a little bit, but under Joe Biden and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, it hadn't worked at all. They just blow right through regulations, they blow right through the law, and just flood the nation with illegals. We'll get more into that in just a few minutes. I think the bright spot of the day for most Americans is what happened last night on CNN. You couldn't write a more perfect script for the exposure of the far left and the media sycophants that hate conservatives, despise Donald Trump. Places like, uh, you know, CNN. He did a town hall. He went to CNN, accepted their invitation, and did a town hall last night. It is hilarious. We have parts to play you. We have information from some of the substance of what happened and a whole lot more. So let me just say this. Buckle up, folks. (laughs) Buckle up. We are about to take together a ride, a ride down the hall's of Congress, the halls of the Supreme Court, the Library of Congress, and by the way, Harai Zimbabwe. Enjoy. I want a sunrise with nothing in the way. Waking up in a weed field on a broken old Tulane. Leading out to a dirt road and a mailbox with my Step off my back porch and walk down to the lake where there ain't no Monday morning rush, and there ain't no one hour break for lunch, and the only ties are ties that bind, the only time clocks are the ones we want. 
city of 16 million African citizens, Harai, Zimbabwe, the capital city of Zimbabwe in Africa. I've been here since Monday. I'll be here through the weekend in meetings. And let me tell you the most important thing I've learned since I've been here as we drive down the streets going from place to place. There is no middle class in this country, in this city. On one side of the street, I see high brick walls with razor wire above them. Looking over, I see unbelievable mansions. And I'm not saying one now and then. I'm saying row after row, block after block of mansions that in my city, in Shreveport, Louisiana, where real estate is really inexpensive compared to some of the bigger cities in our nation, these mansions, not houses, but these mansions that I'm seeing, what you just heard in the back <laughs> is a peacock. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you more during the show today about the exact facility that I'm in and how unbelievable it is. Anyway, I'm not talking about blocks. I'm talking about a mile, two miles of mansions that in Shreveport, Louisiana would be two, three $4 million mansions. That means in L.A. they'd be 50. There is no middle class. Rank poverty and then the filthy rich. We don't see that in the United States of America. Why is that? You want me to tell you? A couple of things. Number one, the rule of law. The fact that our forefathers established our government to be three co-equal branches. 
that would have oversight of each other, the United States Congress, the judiciary, which is the court systems, including the U.S. Supreme Court, and of course the executive branch. And the head of the executive branch currently is Joe Biden, President Joe Biden. That's one thing. The other thing that makes the United States the shining beacon on the hill, it still remains there, 240 years after its foundation, that long, as many problems as we have, we are still the shining light on the hill. And it's because of equal justice under the law. And one more thing, capitalism, a free market system, which means everybody has the right to come up with an idea, an invention, take it to the open marketplace and sell it. If you're an entrepreneur, you have wide open opportunities. The government will not clamp down on those. We don't live in the Soviet Union or the current Russia governed by Vladimir Putin. We don't live in Nicaragua. We don't live in Cuba. We live in the United States of America, and we are the most blessed people on the planet. Before we even get into the show, let me remind you just a little bit how one of our great leaders from the past, many of you may not have been around, you may not have known this president, the one that followed Jimmy Carter, an actor of all things. Oh my gosh, we can't have people in politics and leadership. We can't have actors and TV stars. They don't know anything about governing. They don't know anything about politics. (laughs) This man you're about to hear, he walked into the city of Berlin long before Donald Trump was on NBC. But this man was an actor in his first professional life. I'm talking about President Ronald Reagan. He stood on the streets of Berlin, and he looked at the Berlin Wall that separated East Berlin and East Germany, which was communist-controlled, and West Berlin and Germany that was free. He had a message for the leader of then Soviet Union, Gorbachev. And now, now the Soviets themselves may in a limited way be coming to understand the importance of freedom. We hear much from Moscow about a new policy of reform and openness. Some political prisoners have been released. Certain foreign news broadcasts are no longer being jammed. Some economic enterprises have been permitted to operate with greater freedom from state control. Are these the beginnings of profound changes in the Soviet state, or are they token gestures intended to raise false hopes in the West or to strengthen the Soviet system without changing it? We welcome change and openness, for we believe that freedom and security go together, that the advance of human liberty The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. There is one sign the Soviets can make that would be unmistakable, that would advance dramatically the cause of freedom and peace. General Secretary Gorbachev 
If you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The beginning of a free Germany. The Berlin Wall came down. Ronald Reagan spoke to the people at the same time he spoke to Soviet Union President Gorbachev. And Gorbachev listened. As I sit where I sit today, and I was going to tell you, and I will in just a moment, the facility I'm sitting in, but as I was being driven around Harare, the capital city of Zimbabwe, I looked around and I saw people in pain. Please forgive me. scrounging for food, trying to find a few dollars to buy food and take care of their family members. And when I said people on the streets, it wasn't a few dozen, it wasn't a few hundred, it was thousands of people. And then in the meetings in which I participated all this week and through this weekend, people standing up, And they talk about us. (sighs) They talk about the shining light on a hill, the United States of America. I don't think they realize that we have leaders that are elected that want to tear it down and turn the lights off. Turn off that shining light on the hill and turn it into a nation that looks like the Soviet Union, when former President Reagan sent that message to Soviet President Gorbachev. Am I desperate? No, I'm not. Am I concerned? Absolutely. Every American should be. We're going to visit about some things today that were shocking, even though we see them play out on the landscape of our nation almost daily. Really big events, very important things happening. We have a lot of things going on around us that we can't even begin to understand in many cases. For instance, what happened today? Title 42 expired. So what's going to happen? What does all that mean? 
In May of 2020, I'm going to take you back a little bit, remind you, that's less than a few months into the coronavirus pandemic. Then-President Donald Trump invoked the CDC's Title 42 authority for the first time in our history to be used at our southern border. The Title 42, and only previously used on foreign imports, it gave Border Patrol agents another tool that allowed them and instructed them, actually, to quickly remove illegal aliens back to their native countries, not within days, but within hours after their arrival at the border. And it was all for the sake of Americans' public health. The authorities is akin to Title VIII, the border control in U.S. law that gives the Department of Homeland Security the ability to remove illegals who are not eligible to remain in the U.S. after they cross our border. As the Trump administration expected, Title 42 has become an immensely effective, an immensely effective border control to stem waves of illegal immigration that otherwise could have seen millions of illegals released into the U.S. interior. All of these things, timing, and because of leadership, true leadership, they kept us safe, at least for a while. Are we still safe? Eh, Folks, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to say because I do know we still live in the greatest nation on the planet, the United States of America. And unless we the people turn our backs on that fact and allow members in our own government to make changes, to do things to diminish who we are, unless we let that happen, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And so what else is going to happen in this Title 42 ending thing? What can we expect? Well, it's already happened. Back then, border crossers, illegals, were being exempted from Title 42 and as a result, getting released into our interior with notices to appear. In other words, show up in federal immigration court. Eventually, the Biden administration halted its end to Title 42 as states brought cases in federal courts seeking to preserve the authority so as not to overwhelm their communities with the surge of illegal immigration. Novel idea, right? Let's enforce the law. Not anymore. Now the Biden administration has met regulatory requirements to officially end Title 42. Today, returning the period before the authority when Border Patrol had only Title 8 authority to remove these illegal aliens. An estimated 400,000 border crossers and illegal aliens are expected to arrive at the border every month. Now, what does that mean, 400,000 a month? That's a foreign population that eclipses the resident population of cities like New Orleans in my state, Tampa, Florida, Cleveland, Ohio, and even Honolulu, Hawaii. One of those cities showing up every month. Today, as many as 700,000 migrants are waiting to rush the border, and they're on their way right now as we're doing this show. Many will be released into American communities through a series of processes set up by 
Biden's Department of Homeland Security. So what else might happen? Well, since Biden took office, his administration has greatly expanded its catch-and-release network, which has come to include a number of measures that allow border crossers and illegals to be released into the nation, into our interior, while they wait for decisions on their immigration cases. So, of course, these are all honest people. I mean, honest people, they're breaking the law when they cross the border, but they're, we're being told, are very honest They're hungry, they're looking for opportunity for them and their families. And then we have thousands. We find out every month, thousands of those illegals that come across have horrible criminal records. Many of them have been deported three, four, five, six times, have come over before. We have violence running rampant, murders. And many of these same people are not going to have their immigration cases heard before an immigration judge for years. Border crossers and illegals released into our nation's interior and arriving in New York City, for example. They won't have their cases heard until October of 2033. Ten years. That's an ideal outcome for those who do not have eligible asylum claims. So in the anticipation of Title 42, the Biden folks, they opened so-called regional process centers in foreign countries south of the border. Wow, they're going to take care of us. They're going to do something finally after 5 million illegals have crossed during the Biden administration. They tell us those centers are going to entice tens of thousands of foreign nationals to seek entry into the U.S. At the same time, Biden's Department of Homeland Security has expanded the Customs and Border Protection, one mobile app to allow foreign nationals in Mexico to schedule appointments at the border for release into the U.S. interior. In other words, you're calling ahead, you know, like you do when you go to a hotel, you want to reserve a room. Now there's an app. Our government created an app at taxpayer expense, by the way, and they can go on the internet, go to this app, and schedule appointments to come here as they step across our border illegally. We could go on and on and on and on. I'm not going to do that. Let me just say this. It's bad. It's going to get worse. Let me tell you something that's even worse. President Biden yesterday quietly admitted what he and the White House have refused to say publicly about this situation at our border. Biden said the border situation, and this is a quote from the president, will be chaotic for a while as his administration works to restore order. Doesn't that make you feel fuzzy and warm? Well, we've had chaos at the border for a number of years, he said. Before boarding Air Force One in New York, we have to fully fund the border security effort. And he added, look, the purpose of what we're doing now is making legal immigration more streamlined, illegal immigration shorter term and moved, and moving in a direction that people know there's a legal way to get here and not legal way. That's what's underway now. Mr. President, 
the federal immigration laws that have been on the books that Congress passed, the U.S. Congress, the spokespeople, the representatives for the people, the House and the Senate. Oh, by the way, I must remind you, Mr. Biden, for 50 years, you served in the U.S. Senate. You were one of those senators who debated on the floor of the Senate, presented immigration legislation bills to be considered and contemplated. And when they all came together, guess what you did, Mr. Biden? You voted yes for every one of those legal immigration laws that you now kick dirt on every single day. Is there any irony in that? (laughs) Yeah, you want to know what the irony is, in my opinion? The irony is Joe Biden doesn't even know that he was in the U.S. Senate. Certainly doesn't remember, if he remembers being a senator, he doesn't remember anything about immigration laws. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, she had Alejandro Mayorkas in front of her questioning in a committee hearing about what and why he, the Secretary of Homeland Security, has done what he's doing and why, oh why, he is still doing it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Senator Booker. Senator Blackburn. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and Mr. Secretary, thank you for being here with us. I have to tell you, and I know you've heard it from others, so many Tennesseans that I talked to are absolutely outraged with the benefits and the handouts that are given to illegal immigrants, especially at a time, especially at a time when so many people are really suffering due to this oppressive inflation that we are seeing take hold of our economy. And we are finding ourselves in the midst of the worst border crisis ever. Now, my colleague talked about 2019, but also the number dropped in 2020. After the implementation of Remain in Mexico and the Title 42 positions, that dropped. And now, under this administration, we are at an all-time high. You are setting records. And now you're talking about giving immigrants, these illegal immigrants, a billion dollars in settlement money. A billion is a lot of money. That's a lot of taxpayer money. So I'd like you to help me put these payments into perspective of that billion dollars. So how much of a border wall, if you want to talk about getting to root causes, build a wall. This is what our Border Patrol has been saying for three decades that they need. It's not Trump's wall. It's the fact that the Border Patrol wanted that. So how many miles of border wall would a billion dollars build? May I, if I may, Senator, take a no, moment, because you've, answer, you've asked two very different uh, uh, yes, questions. Yes, I have. I want an answer to how many miles a border wall could you build with a billion dollars? Obviously, you don't know the answer to that. The answer is 50 miles of border wall. And then how many Border Patrol agents could you hire with a billion dollars? Something else the Border Patrol has said they need to secure this border. Senator, may I, may I speak to the number of questions that you have posed? Let's go through these and then come back to that. 
How many border agents could you hire I would have with to a get billion dollars? You, but I can tell you it's over 15,000 border agents. How many immigration judges? Another thing the Border Patrol has told us that they need at that southern border. How many immigration judges could you hire with a billion dollars? I would respectfully submit that you— 7,213 immigration judges could be hired. These are all things the Border Patrol has said that they need. Now, Grassley asked you uh, about a—you responded to him on these settlements uh, because the families are separated at the border. So can you sit here today and tell this committee that there hasn't been a single family separated since your administration? You told Senator Grassley you all ended that policy day one. That is correct. We are not. But you we care. Are not, you are still. You separated families. I know as late as March. That has been well, reported. So all these families that have been separated under the Biden administration, are you going to make a payment to them? Oh, Senator. Are they eligible? Senator, your 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 question. Uh, forgive me. Your your question is filled. With inaccuracies. Oh no, I, these are things that we are pulling oh, from. Oh no, uh, Senator, border you're, patrol. Oh yes. You're, you're, okay, I'm going to move on. Are you compensating people for both short and long-term separations, days or weeks? Are you making any difference in that, or is it just a blanket payment? Uh, Senator, uh, the Department of Justice is representing the United States of America in federal tort. Under claim. what legal authority do you all have to make these payments, Senator? Um, uh, if you were privy to my prior testimony, and please allow me to answer at least one of the multiple questions that you have posed. Okay, I want to one. move on in uh, the time I have left to a couple of other things. Are, are you familiar with the name Robin Pacero? I am not. Okay, Pascal Gaspar Andres. I am not. Or Gaspar Gaspar Andres. Or Juan, Juan Carlos Morales Pedraza. These are just a few of the criminal illegal immigrants who have been charged with a convicted crime against American citizens since Joe Biden took office. This has happened on your watch. Uh, Pacero was charged with a hit and run. It left a father of two dead. The Andres were charged with stabbing a man to death. Uh, Juan Carlos Morales Pedraza was he pled guilty to coercing a minor to engage in sex. So this administration's radical immigration policies are endangering Americans and costing some of them their lives. Does the Biden administration have any plans to issue million-dollar payments to the families of those who were killed or assaulted by illegal aliens? Um, Senator, uh, in 2020, there were individuals who crossed illegally into the United States. These are all on your watch. And committed crimes. These are is all it, on your watch. Is it, um, is it your position that the prior administration bears responsibility for that? I'm asking the questions, and these are all on your watch. Uh, the Build Back Better plan supports giving uh, green cards to illegal aliens. There are many advocates out there that are trying to get, make certain that gets shoved into the Build Back Better. I call it the Build Back Broke. Do you support giving green cards to illegal immigrants that have entered this country, yes or no? Um, Senator, I, I believe in immigration reform and legislation that provides a path to citizenship 
to those who meet certain criteria. So you would support illegal immigrants having a path to citizenship and getting a green card when we have Americans that are out of work. Let me ask you this, yes or no, have you ever visited the White House? Have I visited the White House? Yes. Have you ever visited the White House? Yes. So you're aware there is a fence around the entire perimeter of the White House to prevent unauthorized individuals from entering the White House, correct? Yes. And U.S. taxpayers are also funding a half-million-dollar fence around President Biden's Rehoboth Beach House, correct? I'm not aware. And your department is overseeing this construction. You should be aware of that. President Biden obviously likes walls when they protect him. So can you explain to me why a wall is effective and necessary at the White House and the Biden Beach House, but is not necessary at the southern border? Yes, I can. May I have that opportunity? It's up to the chairman. My time has expired. You may complete the answer to the question. There are, there are thousands of miles along the southern border, and I agree uh, with what then-Senator McCain uh, presented, which was there are different solutions for the border because of its tremendous expanse, the great diversity in the terrain that it must cover, and therefore the key, the key to border security is fundamentally advanced technology. That is the most effective means because we're not going to construct a border wall on the ragged and jagged cliffs in certain parts of the border. And if I may, respectfully, Mr. Chairman, because I did not have a chance to answer any of the other questions, let me just respectfully submit that I disagree with almost everything that was articulated in the questions posed to me that I did not have a, a chance to respond to. What an arrogant man. I can't put it any nicer than that. I hesitated to say what I felt like I should say or wanted to say about Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He's always dismissive. Just keep in mind, he took an oath of office, as did President Biden, as does every person that serves in this government, takes an oath of office to protect the United States of America, to protect the rule of law, the Constitution. All of those places and things run exactly 180 degrees away from what you just heard Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas say, and very arrogantly to the senator from Tennessee. Wow. Title 42 is over. What's going to happen? Radio fallout from it. We're going to watch it happen during the day today, later on, throughout this remainder of the week and the weekend. But I promise you it's not going to be good. And all of the evil that comes with some of these illegal immigrants, all of that evil is going to be unleashed on everyday Americans that have done nothing wrong, nothing to deserve what Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas have opened up on the American people. All I can say, Mr. President, Mr. Homeland Security Secretary, shame on you. I'm a much. Verizon Thanks, engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. 
With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals better. Here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy, I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey Ed Itchy in Idaho, yes, the Culligan high efficiency water softener will make that thing so soft, it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Get started for as little as $10 a month for six months at participating Culligan dealers. If you think we're just four wheels and a grill, think again. The Jeep Grand Cherokee redefines freedom. But what really makes Jeep? It's finding the perfect balance between luxury and adventure without ever compromising. It's driving across the country to see your family, to make new memories. So, what makes Jeep? You do. Jeep. There's only one. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. This is the truth your mama warned you about. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. And Dan Newman. <laughs> oh, mama, she warned me about a lot of stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of truth here that Mama said. Just always be careful who you trust. Be careful who you believe. That's pretty, pretty wisdom. A bunch of good wisdom from uh, then a lady born in the 40s. You know, maybe that generation of people had a lot more wisdom than some of the people we know and listen to and hear from every day. Like uh, the gentleman you just heard from, Alejandro Mayorkas. Got some things I want to talk to you about. Of course, yesterday we know that the House Oversight Committee came forward with a ton of documentation that were bank records that principally showed members of the Biden family got millions of dollars in a very surreptitious method put together to deflect and evade or an attempt to evade being found uh, complicit in illegal receiving funds from China, of all places. Joe Biden's implicated at the bottom of all of that, and there's a lot of news coming out in the aftermath about that. We are told that the FBI has refused to hand over a single document, one document that Republicans claim proves that Biden, President Biden, was involved in an illegal bribery scheme with a foreign national. 
The FBI missed a noon deadline yesterday to give that document linking Biden to cash for access. It's a scheme. So although the FBI failed to provide it, they offered an accommodation process that indicates that the document is real. So guess what happened yesterday, FBI director? You know, the FBI, that's who they asked for this document from. The FBI director testified before Congress, Christopher Wray. Listen to this non-answer string compared to what realistically should be answered to those who are actually in charge, the oversight, charged by the U.S. Constitution to make sure that the FBI and everybody in it do the legal right things. Like when Congress needs documents from you for oversight, you give them to them. Thank you to our guest here today. Director Ray, I'd like to start with you. Um, Senator Grassley and Chairman Comer subpoenaed an FBI document containing an allegation regarding a pay-to-play scheme between then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national. And your response was due just a little bit earlier today. So my question is, has the FBI complied with the subpoena for this document? Uh, I believe we submitted a uh, lengthy letter uh, earlier today. The, a letter, but uh, not the document that was the subject of the uh, subpoena request? I, I can't speak to the specific document. Uh, we are committed to working collaboratively with both committees, but we also have to balance sources and methods and ongoing investigations, uh, and we will continue to work through the accommodation process, as has happened uh, many times in the past. Was there a plan to submit the document, or will it be never submitted, or has there been a conclusion? I would, I would, I would refer to the letter, which is, I think, quite detailed uh, and kind of goes through a fair amount of discussion about um, our proposed approach. To, to addressing the document. I do want to confirm that the document does exist, the FD-1023. Uh, I, I really can't get into the specifics uh, here. I, I will tell you that uh, we understand completely the importance of congressional oversight. That's important to me. I also understand very much, as I, I think you do, the importance of us protecting sources and methods and ongoing investigations, uh, and we're committed to try to work through the process. I had a frustrating conversation last year with Attorney General Garland about something I'm still trying to understand here, and that's how the Biden administration can impartially investigate the Biden family. And so I want to come back to that with you, if I could, to, today to get at it a little bit deeper. My first question is whether you or anybody else at the FBI has communicated with White House employees or with Attorney General Garland or with DOJ staff regarding investigations that pertain to President Biden or to any member of his family? Well, I, I certainly have not communicated with the White House uh, about any investigation on that subject. Um, my instructions to our... And, and would that also include Attorney General Garland and the DOJ staff? Well, I, I don't know that I can get into any discussions I had with Attorney General Garland. I talked to him, you know... Uh, probably every day, uh, one way or another, about all sorts of investigations, so that one's a little trickier. But uh, what I will tell you is, uh, as you know, I'm an FBI director appointed by the, the previous president, uh, and our uh, agents in our Baltimore field office uh, are working with a, a U.S. attorney from the previous administration, that is the U.S. attorney in Delaware, mm -hmm. 
uh, on, I think, the investigation you're referring to and my expectations uh, of our agents on every investigation, which I communicate uh, like a broken record, uh, are that we are to follow the facts wherever they lead, to whomever they lead, no matter who likes it, no matter so who would it makes that Delaware, happy or unhappy. So would that Delaware U.S. attorney be the person then responsible for deciding um, about unlawful ev evidence of unlawful conduct by the president and about what to do with that evidence? Well, again, I don't want to uh, engage in hypotheticals, but the Delaware U.S. attorney is leading, I think, the investigation that, you're, that has been publicly disclosed mm -hmm. that you're, I think, referring to. Let me just come back to what I'm trying to understand then. If the FBI has in evidence, has uncovered evidence, that alleges criminal conduct by the president. I'm just telling you what. I'm sorry. Sorry. And you then, I presume, hand this to the DOJ if you uncover this. But I understand the DOJ's policy is they're not going to charge a sitting president while that person is president. And the DOJ is not going to provide that information to Congress, not going to comply with subpoenas for documents. Um, it, it feels to me like it's a dog chasing its tail. And the question is, if illegal conduct is alleged or uncovered, how does the Congress or the American public ever get that evidence? Well, I, the um, decisions made by DOJ uh, about uh, how to staff prosecutions, which U.S. attorney's offices, which counsel to appoint, all those sorts of things are uh, entrusted by regulation to the department, mm -hmm. to the attorney general. I can speak to what the FBI's role is and my expectations of FBI agents, um, and those are the ones I've communicated. But to be clear, if evidence were uncovered by the FBI, you would hand that over to the DOJ. They then make the determination, whether it's the attorney general or, the, in this case, the Delaware U.S. attorney, what to do with that evidence. And again, their policy is not to charge a sitting president, and we can't get the evidence in Congress. Is that correct? Decisions about who to charge, what to charge, uh, those are decisions made by prosecutors at the Justice Department, uh, including the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, um, and decisions about the Justice Department's communications about its decision-making are the Justice Department's decisions. I don't want to speak for them on we're, that. We're, we're right back at where we started without being able to clarify how we have an impartial investigation here, and I appreciate the opportunity to get some oversight. It's just very frustrating when we can't. Thank you, Thank Director. you, Senator Haggerty. It's got to be very frustrating for these members of Congress. That's what they do. That's what constitutionally their job is, oversight. Yeah, they pass legislation. They do that. But it's oversight of the entire federal government. They're the ones that are charged with doing just that. And then you, here's Christopher Wray. He is supposed to be the head of making sure everybody in the FBI follows the law does what they're supposed to do. And he just thumbs his nose every time he comes to a congressional hearing. He thumbs his nose at the facts, at the truth, at what should be being done, and he hides, he deflects. Attorney General Merrick Garland, he's even worse. He never shows up, and when he does, he stammers and stutters, and he always says, I'll have to get back to you on that one. I don't have first-hand information. Now, why don't we get into something that might just be a little comical, something we can chuckle about today. CNN, I don't know why they did it. 
I do know why they did it. They don't have any viewers. They need people watching their channel. And so they invited Donald Trump to a town hall. And Donald Trump accepted the offer. So CNN faced some backlash from the opponents of Donald Trump for even hosting him in a town hall on their network last night, charging that they gave him a stage. And boy, did they give him a stage. Let's talk a little bit about it. You're going to hear something about it in just a minute, too. CNN should be ashamed of themselves. That's AOC, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat from New York. She said they've lost total control of this town hall to again be manipulated into platforming election disinformation, defenses of January 6th, and a public attack on a sexual abuse victim. The audience is cheering him on and laughing at the host. Megan McCain, she said this is a Trump infomercial. This is an irresponsible disaster of journalism. We have absolutely learned nothing, said Matt Fuller of the Daily Beast. This is really not going how CNN must have thought or hoped it would go. That's Yahoo News senior correspondent Michael Weiss He's steamrolling, getting laughs for his crass comments and seems far more self-assured and confident than someone this deep in the soup should be. (laughs) Sarah Reese Jones of Politica USA lamented how CNN chose to begin the interview by not touching the E. Jean Carroll civil trial verdict, which found Trump guilty of sexual abuse and defamation, but not rape. The interview eventually did touch on E.G. Jean Carroll, wherein the former president said that woman is still going to vote for him. CNN, Caitlin Collins. She's the one that did the interviewing last night for CNN. Kate Collins was steamrolled by former President Trump. There's no other way to describe it. And so what I'm going to do, I want you to hear something, just a little snippet, an actual snippet from that town hall last night. And uh, after the snippet, I'm going to give you some more details, some more context uh, about what happened. So let me go find this for you. I'm digging, I'm digging. I only have... um, one computer screen when I'm on the road. When I'm on the road, that's the way it is. Okay. So here is just a little bit of Donald Trump. This may kind of give you a sense of what happened on the stage if you missed it last night. Have I think is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. When, when, they, when they went to the Capitol and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers, why did, you, why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. <laughs> So what he pulled out, (laughs) 
what he pulled out, she was accusing him of not controlling his people. In other words, you didn't try to stop this from happening, Mr. President. Why didn't you? Why didn't you try to stop it? Um, <laughs> there are a number of things that the former president said that will go down in history. I mean, literally go down in history. But when she confronted him about not doing something on January 6th, that what he tried to do was to ramp up and create violence and stuff. He said, let me reach in. Let me pull this out. You know what he pulled out? He pulled out his tweets, his tweets that everybody has access to. And he read the tweets that he put out that day. And both of those tweets addressed his followers and instructed them to support law enforcement, not to break the law and to be representatives of conservatives across America. In other words, he tried to stop them. There wasn't anything he could do. He couldn't walk out and do that. Can you imagine what would have happened to any president if they walked out in the middle of that crowd? Remember, there were a lot of people there that didn't want, that didn't like Donald Trump, hated Trump supporters. There was violence, a bunch of two-way violence. Of course, we heard very little about the two-way. It was all those rampant charges and law-breaking instances by those evil MAGA supporters. That's all we heard about. He, he weighed into a lot of other things in this. He said something that I'll never forget. He said, let me read you the title of this. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people. <laughs> and you heard the crowd. They just went crazy over and over and over again. You got to know this. Everybody that was in that town hall were hand-picked by CNN. There were no Trump supporters that got tickets and found their way in. These are everyday Americans that wanted to hear the former president of the United States. They hear and see all of the crazy allegations for all these years. They saw all those crazy allegations during the four years of the Trump presidency. And they wanted to see how he would respond to CNN and their very obvious was going to happen allegations. And there were plenty of those to go around. Former President Trump, he said that Republicans in Congress should be willing to default on the national debt if Joe Biden doesn't agree to spending limits. Here's a quote from the president. If they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave. Because you don't want to have that happen, but it's better than what we're doing right now because we're spending money like drunken sailors. <laughs> the House of Representatives passed the Limit Save Grow Act, April 26th. That's what they do. They passed a bill that would authorize the increase of the debt limit. It came with novel idea. We've got to cut some spending. We got to stop spending more money than we have. And it passed very close margin, 217 to 215. What it did was increase the debt ceiling by 
one and a half trillion bucks. It repeals pieces of the Inflation Reduction Act, requires Congress to approve regulations that have an economic effect of $100 million or more, and establishes new work requirements for welfare programs. There's nothing buried in that request that has any kind of sinister situation attached to it. We might as well do it now than do it later because our country's dying, Trump said. Our country's being destroyed by stupid people, very stupid people. Now, don't forget Biden, President Biden, met with Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker from California, also Republican Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. He's the minority leader in the House, excuse me, in the Senate, and Democrat Hakeem Jeffries of New York and Democrat Chuck Schumer of New York about the debt ceiling. They met on Tuesday, planned to meet again on Friday. Biden and Democrats have demanded an increase in the debt ceiling with no conditions. The American people are telling our government, stop spending money needlessly. Cut some expenses. You don't have that money. Spend what money we send you in the way of income taxes. Go figure. Are you paying any taxes? (laughs) I don't know a single American that is not. We're paying because that's what Americans do. We take care of our responsibilities to our government to take care of their responsibilities to take care of the American people. That's the way a capitalist system works. That's the way a representative republic works. You send people to D.C. as representatives to represent the people. They're supposed to act out on legislative matters based upon their desires for the government, and that's what these people are supposed to do. Last night, President Trump destroyed CNN. So much so, they found a way to end it early. (laughs) They ended the town hall early. It really went well for him. And that that was despite... Now, she's not a novice. She was with the Daily Caller before. Her attempts to begin the event with a bunch of contentious topics arguably outdated leftist narratives from the 2020 election results to J6 to accusations in that E. Jean Carroll case. Notably, Trump got a standing ovation when he was introduced. So Collins kicked the whole thing off by focusing on the past election and election fraud claims. Trump made it clear, despite her implications otherwise, he cherishes the Constitution, emphasizing the importance of all of us living up to it. He said, I mean, we have elections. We have open borders. Look at what's happening on our southern border. They're being released from prisons. He's talking about these illegals coming across. They're being released from mental institutions. And we have millions of people pouring into our country, and now they're getting rid of Title 42, which I put up there. From there, Collins brought up another favorite leftist topic, January 6th. Do you have any regrets about your actions on January 6th, she asked. 
He replied, I said, walk peacefully and patriotically. You know, many different things. In fact, I brought a list of things. That's when he reached into his pocket and he pulled out those tweets that he tweeted out that day. But he wasn't through. He said, I don't want to bore the audience, but we can go sentence after sentence after sentence of things, he said, noting that Democrats, including former House Speaker Pelosi, whom Trump referred to as Crazy Nancy, refused his offer for security. I offered the National Guard. We'll give you soldiers. We'll give you a National Guard. We'll give you whatever you want. And they turned me down. Nancy turned me down. Yeah. And in fact, she turned me down in writing. They turned me down, he said. As Collins continued to argue, that prompted Trump to show the receipts, literally pulling out pieces of paper, reading exactly what he wrote that day and at what time. It was tweets. On January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They're truly on the side of the country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before this was in the form of Twitter. Now use Truth Social. I think it's far superior, he said. And he pointed something out nobody's talking about. He said, reminding us, a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed that day. She shouldn't have been killed. And that thug who killed her, there was no reason to shoot her, he said. She was a good person. She was a patriot. She was a veteran. When asked if he would pardon January 6th rioters, including members of the Proud Boys, Trump inserted yet another jab, contending that it's hard to get a fair trial in Washington, D.C., much like New York City, as he just came through. From there, Collins jumped to that New York City civil trial in which he was found guilty of sexual assault and um, denigration, lying about somebody publicly. He once again denied the accusations of sexual abuse. This woman, I don't know her, he said. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, who was a newscaster. Very nice man, he said, adding in extra tidbits, including the fact that Carol's cat is named Vagina in his answer. Trump then spoofed the accusations, cracking up many members of the audience, like likely to Collins' dismay. He said, and this is when I met her, and I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me, Trump said. And we had this crowded department store. We had this great chemistry. Of course, he's lying. You know why we know that? Listen to this. If you didn't hear yesterday's show, she testified under oath when asked. She didn't remember what store it happened in. She didn't remember what month it happened in. She didn't remember what day it happened in. She doesn't even remember the year that it happened. But she presented her own witnesses, two of her friends. And you know the evidence they put forward that was used to convict Trump? She told us he did it. She told us he did it. And if she said it, it's got to be true. Collins continued asking arguably outdated and very leading questions, asking Trump if he regretted some of the remarks he made through Access Hollywood's tape. You remember that. Very simply, Trump said 
that the reality that famous individuals have advantages still rings true. But if you're a famous person, if you're a star, and I'm not referring to myself, I'm saying people that are famous, people that are powerful, they tend to do pretty well in a lot of different ways. It's been true for a million years, perhaps a little bit less than a million. His dominance throughout the night was very, very obvious. Perhaps fully encapsulated at the end of the event after Collins tried to lecture him about the Presidential Records Act. I have every right under the Presidential Records Act, he said of the documents he possessed, pointing out that several other past leaders have taken documents, including, by the way, the fact that President Biden has boxes of them. The vice president cannot declassify those boxes of records that have been taken from Biden's various locations. You do understand. This is me talking, not him. You do understand He was vice president when that happened. A vice president has no legal authority to declassify any document. Every president does. That's the question that investigators have, he said. I think it's why you held on to those documents. Excuse me, this is Collins talking. I think... I think is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return. Can I talk, he said? Yeah, what's the answer? Do you mind? I'd like for you to answer. It's very simple, he said. And he continued talking about he could declassify. Joe Biden couldn't. It was, um, it was actually a circus. I don't know another way, a better way to describe what it was. We ought to be accustomed to circuses coming in in our public now from our leaders in Washington, D.C., because they... Every one of them act like circus clowns. And uh, Collins last night on CNN, she just fell right into that trap acting that way herself. Listen, we're in a tough time here in the United States. There's plenty of real, real, real wrongdoing going on. We don't need to contrive something to try to put a a former president or anybody, I don't care, Democrat, Republican, put them in a box, try to make them look bad. Why don't we just deal with facts? Why don't we just talk about the truth, say true things, Ask honest questions to get honest answers and just show the public, not tell the public, show the public what is factual and let us all make our own decisions based upon our own facts. Speaking the truth, the left doesn't want you to hear. TNN, the Truth News Network. When it comes to online meetings, you're crushing it. But if you want to crush something that's a little more fun, why not play Best Fiends, the five-star rated puzzle game? Best Fiends is loaded with challenging puzzles that are so much fun, and you're never accidentally on mute. So take a stress break with the cutest characters on the planet and download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Play Best Fiends. Download free. You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. 
but your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate, so you've been avoiding M&Ms. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&Ms dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes. M&Ms dark chocolate candies available wherever fine candies are sold. careful to thank you for being uh, tolerant of me this week. We're broadcasting live from Harare, Zimbabwe, the capital city of Zimbabwe this week, over here for meetings that we've been having every day, and uh, we'll be here through the weekend. But uh, we're doing our show. I told you a little bit ago I was going to tell you about the facility I'm staying in. It's a thoroughbred ranch can't think of another term to use, but it's, it's unbelievably exquisite. High-dollar thoroughbred horses are kept here. But the owner decided he was going to renovate half of the facilities and turn them into amazing suites. And let me tell you, they are amazing. What they did was they left, you know, in a, a stall, the door you know, it's cut in half. The top will stay open sometimes. The bottom's closed. So horses can uh, can look out. You can walk by and see them, and they can see you. You know what I'm talking about. He turned about a dozen of those stalls into amazing suites. They're massive. It's almost like a three-bedroom home. And all of the wood throughout this whole place, including those stall doors, are mahogany. There's marble on the floors, on countertops, on the walls. It's just incredible. And I'm so honored to be here, and I'm so thankful that uh, you guys are okay with me being here doing this. What are the meetings about? I'll tell you. Not tonight, but I'll tell you at some future point. Meanwhile, back to our president, President Biden. He is jumping all over this uh, energy thing. Green energy stuff. We talked about when Steve uh, Baker was on with us uh, on Tuesday, we, we talked about what he said regarding our military vehicles. He sent out a decree that he was going to make every military vehicle. He didn't break it down and talk about different types of vehicles. Every one of them is going to be operated by electricity, and I believe he mentioned 2030 is the deadline for that, and he bragged about it. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, when she was asked about it, she said, I support him wholeheartedly. The Twitter world went absolutely nuts. People began to point out the obvious, like, are they going to build some large pontoon um, sun panel, solar panel, floating pontoons so that American warships can pull up beside them and charge their batteries? What about a long extension cord for a fighter jet? What are we going to tell our enemies on the battlefield when our tanks need to be charged for a little while? Are we going to hold up a sign that says, time out, 
We'll be back in two hours. We got to go charge our our tanks. Or even worse, our enemies sneak in in the middle of the night and they steal our charging units and we're stuck without vehicles to move anybody or any equipment around. This is the president of the United States. You just can't make this up. Well, he's taken it up another level. He now says, as of today, that power plants have got to reduce their pollution Listen to this, by 90% or shut down. 90%, not 10%. They've got to reduce pollution by 90% or shut down. The EPA announces very strict guidelines for green agenda that has already sparked backlash from Republicans and even from one famous Democrat, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Biden's proposing new limits on greenhouse gas emissions from coal and gas-fired power plants. It's most ambitious effort yet to roll back planet warming pollution from our second largest contributor to climate change. Now, he's doing this in a rule, another Biden rule released by the EPA, and it could force power plants to capture smokestack emissions using a technology that has long been promised, but it's not out there widespread across the U.S. If it's finalized this rule, they put it out, and then it has to go through a period of months, I think it's 90 days, maybe it's six weeks, in which the general public can respond. And depending on the outcome of those responses, it can be finalized, just automatically become a rule that is enforceable by law. If it is finalized, the regulation would mark the first time the federal government has restricted carbon dioxide emissions from existing power plants, which generate about a quarter of U.S. greenhouse gas pollution, second only to the transportation sector. The rule would apply to future electric plants and would avoid up to 617 million metric tons of CO2 through 2042. That's the equivalent to the annual emissions of 137 million passenger vehicles. This is according to the EPA. Don't put a lot of stock in it. Why? Because it's the Biden administration. Almost all the coal plants, along with large, frequently used gas-fired power plants, would have to cut or capture nearly all their carbon dioxide emissions by 2038. Plants that can't meet the new standards would be forced to shut down. And of course, the plan is very likely to be challenged by industry groups in Republican-leaning states, which have accused the Biden administration of overreach on environmental regulations and warn of a pending reliability crisis for our electric grid. Look at California. They're mandating the use of electric, everything electric, during certain times of the day in different parts of the state. So what about Joe Manchin, Democrat senator from West Virginia who represents the coal-heavy state? is up for re-election next year, he is expressing his opposition. He's the chair of the Senate Energy Committee. He's threatened to oppose all of Biden's EPA nominees going forward over this plan. The 
power plant rule is just one of at least half a dozen EPA rules limiting power plant emissions and wastewater treatment as well. It's truly an onslaught of government regulation designed to shut down the coal fleet prematurely. That's Rich Nolan, president and CEO of the National Mining Association. In a call with reporters on Wednesday, EPA Administrator Michael Regan, he denied that the power plant rule or any other regulation was aimed at shutting down the coal fleet, even though he acknowledged we'll see some coal retirements, he said. Yeah, right. Coal provides about 20% of U.S. electricity, down from about 45% in 2010. You know what would fix this all? Nuclear energy plants. There hadn't been a nuclear energy plant built in the United States in 20 years, 30 years. Why is that? We had a couple of nuclear issues that happened. Nasty. No question about it. But all across the globe, the fastest growing source of energy production are nuclear plants in countries throughout Europe, as an example. Why is that? Hey, technology grows. It gets better. Things begin to work better. They learn new ways to stop dangerous things from happening. You know how much green gas emissions are in nuclear plants? Zero. Zero. Natural gas today provides about 40% of our electricity. The remainder comes from nuclear energy and renewables like wind, solar, and hydropower. The EPA is delivering on its mission to reduce harmful pollution that threatens people's health and well-being. That's what the director said. Tom Kuhn, president of the Edison Electric Institute, which represents U.S. investor-owned electric companies, said the group is going to assess whether the EPA's proposal aligns with its commitment to provide reliable, clean energy. Carbon emissions from our power sector or at the same level as they were, listen to this, in 1984, they've not gone up. The population is up tens of millions of people, which means more creators of pollution. Carbon emissions from our power sector have not gone up any at all since 1984. Our electricity use has climbed 73% since then. Some natural gas plants could start blending gas with another fuel source like hydrogen, which doesn't emit carbon, although specific actions would be left to the industry. Still, the regulation is expected to lead to greater use of carbon capture equipment, a technology that the EPA said had been adequately demonstrated to control pollution. I thought carbon, carbon stuff is evil, that we've got to get away from that, right? Now they're seeing, well, maybe, maybe not so. Jan Duffy, a lawyer for the Boston-based Clean Air Task Force, said the EPA rule is likely to propel deployment of carbon capture technology far above current usage. It's a way for fossil fuel plants to operate in a decarbonized world. Industry innovators and overcomplies. In 1970, there were only three commercial scrubber units operating at U.S. power plants and just one vendor. Within a year, 
There were 119 sulfur scrubbers installed, 13 vendors, said an essay posted on the group's website. You know, you don't have to cancel, you don't have to cancel fossil fuel. We have been well on our way to bringing fossil fuel carbon emissions down low. We've been doing it very favorably. More than any other country on the planet, we've reduced our carbon emissions over the last two decades. Every year they go down, 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 while our usage goes up, up, up. Does that sound like we're failing? Does it in any way sound like it could somehow justify our president to make the stupidest declaration I've ever heard from any president? That's about turning all our military vehicles into electric vehicles by the turn of the next decade. I don't get it. I just don't get it. It makes no sense, but very little does make sense in this administration. I think we all have to admit it. That's just the way it goes. We've got a a little news out there from one of our far-left members of the House of Representatives, Rashida Tlaib. She went out and she planned on doing this great demonstration at the U.S. Capitol. And it was called an anti-Semitic event. It was going to be held in the U.S. Capitol. Rashida Tlaib, she's a Democrat from Michigan, doubled down with her plans to host that anti-Israel event after Speaker McCarthy canceled it, vowing that Palestinian Americans will not be silenced. This is Tlaib saying that. Yesterday, she said she would defy McCarthy, move forward with plans to host an event recognizing the Nakba, a Palestinian term for the 1948 founding of Israel that translates to catastrophe. She moved the event to a Senate hearing room and later declared, let the headlines read, McCarthy tries to erase Palestine but fails. McCarthy had condemned her plans as anti-Semitic and preempted her plans by reserving the same event space on the House side of the Capitol for a bipartisan commemoration of Israel's 75th anniversary. This event at the U.S. Capitol is canceled, he tweeted late Tuesday. Instead, I will host a bipartisan discussion to honor the 75th anniversary of the U.S.-Israel relationship. Let me ask you this. I'm a Christian, self-avowed, have been almost my entire life. I believe Jesus, a Jew, is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross he was resurrected. And oh, by the way, I do believe the father of Israel, Abraham, his wife Sarah couldn't have any babies. And she finally relented and gave her servant, her maiden, gave her to Abraham. And she was an Arab. And he had sex with her, and she had a son, Ishmael. Ishmael, by the way, is the father of 
Islam began the Muslim religion. Honestly, I know many Muslims. I know many good people who are Muslims. And I thought we had the ability and the promise and the guarantee in our Constitution and our First Amendment for the right of every person to be able to speak freely about anything. I did not know that any sitting member of Congress or anybody in the United States could cancel Israel, could get up and try to quieten the Jewish people from Israel. Now you heard what Tlaib just said, I told you. She accused McCarthy of trying to erase the existence and the truth of the Palestinian people. Nothing like that happened at all. All he did was with the 75th anniversary of Israel becoming a nation in 1948, he said, we're going to have a talk and recognize that birthday in the House of Representatives. What's the difference there? Hatred. Hatred. There is so much hatred around the globe for Israel. God's chosen people. Muslims hate to hear that term said. The Jews are God's chosen people. He sent a son as a Jew. Jesus was born as a Jew. Throughout biblical history, God's kingdom were the Jews. This is not something new. Have there been a lot of people that have been different, that have been of different religious persuasion? No question about it. There are thousands of those around the world, and those are fine. Those are illegal. In the United States, everybody has the right to be a a part of whatever religion they want to, including Islam. I... uh, long time ago, and I've talked about it on the show numerous times, the differences between liberals, leftists, I don't like to call them progressives because their thinking is typically not progressive at all. Call them liberals, that's more benign. But there's one big difference between people of that ilk, which would be represented by the Democrat Party, and conservatives, not just Republicans, but conservatives. And the difference is this. If somebody that's a Democrat and somebody that's a Republican, or neither party is represented by two people. They're just, one is very leftist, liberal liberal thinking, and the other is very conservative, not necessarily a Democrat or a Republican. But the big difference between the two is very obvious. If a Republican talks to, or a conservative talks to a liberal, and they talk about political policies, how it, each of them think. If that conservative talks to the leftist and talks to them about conservatism and can't get that person that's a liberal to agree to even the legitimacy of that particular mindset, the conservative will say, okay, we'll just agree to disagree and walk away. On the other hand, if the Liberal begins that conversation. That liberal will talk about liberalism as compared to conservatism. 
and will always find ways to Democrat, not just conservatism, but anybody and everybody who espouses to be a conservative thinker. And instead of just doing what the conservative did, saying, okay, we'll disagree, but we're going to be okay and turn around and walk away. Instead of doing that, they began to tell everybody, including that conservative, how evil they are, how fascist they are. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you know what fascism is. It's the opposite of conservatism. Fascism is exactly what Democrat parties basic fundamental center line is wrapped around. Control, control, control of the people, controlling every part of every citizen's lives in a nation that is ruled by fascists. Prime example, the greatest one in history, Adolf Hitler and Germany. Oh, by the way, they exterminated six million plus Jews. Why? For the same reason I just told you the story about the conservative and the liberal. It's not good enough to disagree. you got to do away with anybody that disagrees with you. So back to Rashida Tlaib and this debacle that happened when she wanted to do something in the Capitol showing her support of the Palestinian people. Which, by the way, she is Palestinian. She responded yesterday afternoon in a statement accusing McCarthy of trying to erase the existence and the truth of the Palestinian people. This event is planned to bring awareness about the Nakba and create space for Palestinian Americans who experienced the Nakba firsthand to tell their stories of trauma and survival. The Nakba, she said, is a well-documented historical event that is recognized by the United Nations. Oh my gosh! Let's hear a round of applause. The UN believes it. it's got to be so. She said, we cannot allow the same people who want to ban books and erase history simply because they're uncomfortable with the truth to silence Palestinian voices, she said. That rolls back to that old thing that I've said from the beginning. I hear it all the time. Oh, you can have your truth. I'll have my truth. You can believe whatever you want to. I'll believe the truth. Automatically denigrating anybody that just simply disagrees with them philosophically. If you disagree with them, oh my gosh, you're evil. You're just plain evil. Wow, 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 wow. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going we're gonna to let you listen in on what happened yesterday afternoon on The Five. That afternoon show, obviously, at 4 o'clock New York time. Um, no, 5 o'clock New York time, 4 o'clock in Central. When they got into it about corruption, about the Biden family syndicate. Yeah, there is a Biden family syndicate. And they may not call it a syndicate, but its actions have been, been reputed to be, but have now been confirmed to be corrupt. I uh, I don't I don't know. I changed my microphone channel to get back to the right one. I don't know how often you listen to the five, 
but they, they get pretty heated sometimes. And again, that's okay. First Amendment stuff. Doesn't matter if you're uh, on television or if you're on radio or you're in print, you have the right, the constitutional right, to speak your mind. They really spoke their mind on the five. <laughs> you don't want to miss this. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha night night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. See the bold new expression of sporty style. Hear the amazing quietness of a truly luxurious cabin. Feel the exceptional horsepower and amazing torque. And experience greater acceleration than ever before. Behold, the most powerful sedan in its class. The new Toyota Camry. Real power, absolute performance. Discover the new Camry at toyota.com.my. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. Election cycles come and go. White House reporters come and go. The truth is a diamond because it's forever. TNN, the Truth News Network. Your jeweler today is Dan Newman. Lots of diamonds laying around. And we grabbed one of them. Fox News, yesterday afternoon, The Five, where a group of people get together. You see them every day. Won't even give you their names. But they talk about topical things of the moment. And boy, is it topical out there right now. What happened and what came to the forefront, we'd been hearing about it. It was rumored. But now factual evidence comes out and confirms there really is a Joe Biden family syndicate out there that benefited from dollars and cents that came from people, foreign people. Much of it came from China. Oh my gosh. And so the conservatives and the liberals each had their say yesterday on the five. Cash in on the family name because they have no shame. Republicans revealing explosive new info on how the Biden clan hoovered up $10 million in foreign cash from places like China and Romania. Hunter set up over 20 companies, 15 of which were done after dad became VP. 
top Republican James Comer also identifying nine, nine members of President Biden's family who got some of that dough, including some grandkids, not Hunter's love child, unfortunately. While Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies, in reality, he was a walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. For years, the left has said no one is above the law. Well, put your money where your mouth is. The Biden family needs to answer for this. And the DOG, DOJ needs to get off its ass and investigate. It's very hard to come up with any legitimate business reason to conduct transactions with this type in this type of complex way. This is simply not how legitimate business is conducted. I mean, guys, you in the press. This is easy pickings. I'm giving you Pulitzer stuff here. The White House said today that this was a political stunt. We're actually giving you a memorandum with evidence. Suffice to say, and I love saying that, <laughs> Joe's got some explaining to do, and answers like this aren't going to cut it anymore. All right. So, Jesse, you look at these businesses and they offer no products or no services. <laughs> Remember, they always compare it to Trump. Yeah. It's like their business. They were actual businesses, but there's no products. No services. It's just about hiding payments. So you could, like, see a building that Trump built <laughs> in the sky with their own eyes. Joe's like the guy that's walking around with cocaine all over his face. And you're like, uh, you got something right here. And he's like, I've never touched this stuff. It's so obvious now. And the left is saying bribes are legal. Bribes are now legal. Foreign nationals, they can't donate to a politician's campaign. Foreign nationals can donate to a politician's family. And that's fine. This would be like Kamala Harris being put in charge of immigration, flying her family to Mexico, meeting with a bunch of Mexican officials, and then having a bunch of corrupt Mexican nationals wire millions of dollars to everybody in Kamala Harris's family. And then Kamala Harris's family trying to hide it from the IRS. And now the media is saying they didn't link Joe Biden to the scandal. Really? Joe Biden isn't linked to the Biden family bribe scandal at all. Really? Uh, he knows nothing about this. Then why did he leave a voicemail for his son explaining that he got away with it? You know, why did he fire the prosecutor? You know, why when he becomes president, he shuts down the FBI China task force and then covers up the lab leak and then lets the balloon fly across the country. Why, why, why? You want more? Yes. I mean, what else do you want? This <laughs> a guy is line. a, a straight. Okay, so all of this money can go into every member of the Biden family bank accounts, but if a single dollar doesn't go into Joe's checking account, then it's clean. So you can just right. have foreign nationals bribing politicians' families, corrupt ones. Foreign nationals convicted of bribery, bribing the Biden family, but the media says Joe's clean? Mm -hmm. You have to be kidding me. The guy is a walking blackmail operation. The Department of Justice knows the dirt. The FBI knows the dirt. China has dirt on them. The whole world has dirt on the Bidens. The world has the country by the Bidens. <laughs> 
All right, Jessica. Uh, I don't know how you're going to respond to that, but it does show that Biden lied about the Chinese. The China, there was no Chinese involvement and there was millions there. So I think you're in quite a pickle if you're going to try to defend this crime family. It's a Biden I, crime family. Mm-hmm. Got him by the Bidens is good. Yes. Um, so it was... I mean, it was more exciting, I guess, than your average James Comer interview. You know, he got to a lot of people instead of, you know, just being interviewed by Ducey and Kilmeade in the morning and them pressing him. And he was saying, actually, I don't even have anything. And I know last night you were like, where are the goods? Then at 9 o'clock, he didn't have the goods. They said, wait for 9 a.m. 9 a.m. He didn't have the goods. What do you want, Jessica? I want the goods. I want the the Bidens. I want you to show the goods are a straight line. From Hunter Biden's business dealings or any of the other nine that are listed there, where Joe Biden personally enriched himself. And to your point oh, about. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So okay. let me say something. No, if, let if, me, if, a, if actually, a foreign national pays Emma and Emma spends all of that dirty foreign money on cars for my Joe family, Biden, on my child's are uh, you saying that, college fund, how is that any different than what they're doing here? Okay, so let's try this. Just game. because it didn't I, hit my personal bank account? Well, first of all, Jill Biden is not being accused of taking any money here. Okay, She's just, not involved just, in just this. Just both Emma's brothers your wife. and his son and his son's okay. wife and his son's ex-wife and his son's girlfriend. Few things are and relevant. His granddaughter. Okay. Why did the Romanians wire Joe Biden's granddaughter $25,000? I think the audience right. deserves to know that actually your points are easily refutable. Did, so, first of all, did the, did New the York granddaughter Times- draw the Romanian real estate tycoon a crayon picture? <laughs> so, the New York Times looked into the Romanian situation four years ago, by the way. These are old stories. Oh, yeah. And found no role for Yeah, the Joe New York Biden. Times says it's clean. Old. I'm good. I love, I love this. The New York Times when says it's all good. You insult the paper of record and yeah. act like it's not real. The okay. Wall Street Journal, which I think none of the us should be insulting. The same ones that said Trump colluded with Russia. The, the Wall yeah. Street Journal, is well, that one okay? The same ones. Wall Street yeah. Journal in house looked into the China dealings. No role for Joe Biden. Then the Washington Post one year ago. What do you mean no role? Joe flew Hunter and his business partner to China on Air Force Two. They come back and all of a sudden he's rich. Lastly, about your point that the Trumps, they make all these things. I get it. The shoe line. Let's talk about Trump International, which was the most popular hotel when Trump was in office and no one wanted to go. Okay, so why did the Romanian money dry up after Joe left the White House in 2016? Uh, I feel like Let me simplify this for you. This is an organized criminal enterprise. I've done this for 30 years. Okay, this is how they do it. What you've got is the hallmarks of corruption, the accounts, the LLCs, the evasion and the money laundering. The partners come in, collect the foreign money, and then distribute it to an LLC, to an LLC in incremental amounts. Joe Biden is the front man. Hunter Biden is the bag man. Okay? Joe Biden goes into foreign countries lecturing them about anti-corruption, and he is representing the freest, greatest nation on earth and is wrapping himself in the flag of the United States while his son is collecting the money at the back door. This happened in Romania. 
and this happened in the Ukraine. Joe Biden uses his position as the vice president of the United States to tell the Ukraine to get the prosecutor off the company where Hunter is a member and making $80,000 a month, or he's going to withhold our taxpayer money a million dollars. All right. This is an point man in energy, an appoint man on anti-corruption, and his son is right behind him with the bags. Now, let's talk about why so many people are involved in receiving the money. So many people are involved because you can't put that money in one account. Right. So we got the wife, the daughter, the husband, the sister-in-law. That's why it's worked ah. out that way. And why? Why did Paul Manafort spend years in solitary confinement for being a, uh, a, a lobbyist in a foreign country when this guy's been a lobbyist in Ukraine, in Romania, in China? Why is every dime that came out of China connected to the Chinese intelligence or the Chinese uh, 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 Communist Party? And talk about it, the, the grandkids. Why did Louis Free... The head of the FBI give $100,000 to Joe Biden's granddaughter so he could go into business with Hunter to reap the money from the foreign country. I want to get Dana. Now, let me say one more thing. I want to say one more thing about this. Nobody's paid taxes on this money. I guarantee it. So you've got corruption, foreign agents, and you've got taxes. They got George Santos, and I don't care about him one way or the other. In a couple of months, they've got him on 13 charges. Hunter Biden, five and a half years, they can't figure out how to get him on a criminal charge. This is a corrupt family. It's the Biden crime family. All right. A great point about the George Santos time frame yeah. uh, compared. So I just think there's just no positive argument for them to make that the president or the vice president or members of his family has received millions of dollars from foreign companies. Mm -hmm. And, it, and if, if your argument is, well, there's no direct line to Joe Biden's personal bank account, that's your defense? Yeah. Come on. Come on. You can do on. better, Jessica. I thought you were going to have something else. Yeah. I honestly did. I don't mean God. Jessica. I mean, that's actually, that's coming from the White House counsel office and from their lawyers. I mean, that's what that, that they're saying. That's like, well, there's no direct line to Joe Biden. I'm like, okay, in your face. In your face. <laughs> yeah, in your face. I honestly feel great about yeah, that Yeah, you know what? That stuff they fly at your little liberal Upper West Side cocktail parties, but not here on I the I live five. downtown. It's embarrassing that you said <laughs> Did they go nuts on each other or what? Poor Jessica. I mean, how does she get picked to be the only leftist to serve on the five? Oh, my gosh. She just got ripped to pieces. But what I wanted to point out was listening to that back and forth where facts are presented, not just talking points. Who in their right mind can diminish exact bank records, wire transfer records? These came from banks. Who do you know that gets money wired to them in their personal account from China? Oh, and by members of the Chinese government. Oh, those came from Chinese companies, not the government. Business deals. There is no such thing as a corporation, a business operation happening in China. It doesn't work that way. The Chinese government controls everything. And Jessica didn't respond. Joe Biden did go to China on Air Force Two, took Hunter, and took Hunter's business associates. You remember what happened? 
in that time they were there, Hunter had meetings with the, the board of directors of CEFC, a, chi- a massive Chinese electric company, by the way, owned by the communist China. And within a month, Hunter Biden's private equity firm, Hunter had no experience with private equity. He's a, law, a lawyer. His law firm may have helped set up some private equity companies, no doubt about it. That's real common in Washington. So I'm sure Hunter participated in some of that, but it's one thing to write the structure of a legal document. And it's another thing to get somebody to invest in your very own private equity firm and trust you to make them money. Now, wait a minute. It, you know, uh, this is this is a nice guy. Hunter's a nice guy. He makes a great appearance when he sits down and visits with somebody Did this guy have the experience to make $80,000 a month just serving on the board of directors of Burisma Holdings, a natural gas company in Ukraine? $80,000. He's a nice guy, but he's not that nice. And then what about this private equity firm? Well, the Chinese decided to invest a little in it to let Hunter make them some money. So they thought they'd throw him a bone. You know, his dad's the vice president. Make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. So they threw him a bone. What kind of bone? $1,500,000,000. That was an investment. And I'm sure that's what happened. It went into a private equity firm. But we don't know where that money went after that. Just like, you know, the famous artist of this century, Hunter Biden. We don't have any clue where all of those auction off paintings that he made, if you've seen any of the pictures of any of the paintings, I wouldn't put one in my garage. But the tab, we are told, was half a million dollars for each, and they will not release who bought them. I'm from Louisiana. When it quacks and waddles, it's always a duck. <laughs> That's just the way it is, and the duck is quacking at least the one in the pond outside the Biden house. (laughs) And it's a duck. Definitely a duck. And it is quacking. And it is quacking telling there's a whole lot more to this than we're getting from any of the Bidens. Long live the courageous. The tenacious. The ones who push forward and give back. Long live the greater good. The helping hand. Those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last.
Little Caesars Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Remember that song? Long time ago. I, I, I never understood the song. I knew what it was about. I knew the song. I, I was in radio DJ and I played that song. And uh, I understood what it was about, but it was always just strange to me. Anyway, it always reminded me of somebody being high on drugs. And maybe those guys were. I don't know. But nevertheless, it was a little bit strange. Let me just... Let me just, we're going to end the show today with some information that you haven't heard much about. You know our debt ceiling increase. We've reached our ceiling. we got to have the ability to borrow more money or the those on the left are warning us we're going to default on our debt, which has never happened, it never will. And it's negotiations. Biden wants a blank check so he can spend however much money he wants to on whatever he wants to. And Republicans want given to him. So... Biden, remember, doesn't like to work within the confines of the law. He's always pushing the envelope, and he's trying to do it again. Legal experts and Republican lawmakers are warning of some very severe consequences that could include impeachment and a sovereign debt default if President Biden invokes the 14th Amendment to on his own, without congressional cooperation, raise the U.S. debt ceiling. So what's this all about? The 14th Amendment of the Constitution says, quote, the validity of the public debt of the U.S., authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. Added to the Constitution after the Civil War, Biden has suggested that its text might enable him to pay existing U.S. debts by simply borrowing more money to do so, even without congressional authorization. But listen to what's happening. Legal experts and GOP lawmakers, they disagree. They have said that should Biden do it, it would bring about congressional challenges and protracted legal battles that may eventually lead to a debt default. The president can't unilaterally do this unless he wants to risk an impeachable offense 
That's Richard Epstein, the Lawrence Tisch Professor of Law at New York University, adding that Biden's legal case doesn't have a prayer in hell of standing. Epstein explained the phrase authorized by law in the 14th Amendment means that any debt to be issued requires a law, which requires the approval of Congress, which has the sole power to make laws under the Constitution, adding that one must read the whole sentence, not just a phrase out of the Senate, to understand the clause. This is the way we end the show today. This kind of crap happens every day in the Biden administration. Somebody You know, the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, Joe Biden's not the Wizard of Oz, but he's the guy out there as the mouthpiece. The real operators, the smoozers, the ones that are coming up with all this information, this crazy stuff that Joe Biden's doing, they're the ones that are making the shot. And they're the ones that told him, hey, hey, you need to go out there and tell the American people what we can do and do it legally. It's an amendment, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. He didn't question it. Oh, yeah, okay. You, yeah, we'll try to do that. We definitely don't want to default. And so what does he do? He goes out there and he trumpets to the world, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Doesn't that make me a good guy? I want to take care of money that the government has already spent We got to pay it back. Doesn't matter about the law thing. Doesn't matter about Congress having to weigh in on financial matters, does it? That's a wrap on the day. They paid paradise and put up a fucking line. With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? It'd be a paradise and put up a fucking line. It took all the trees and put them in a tree museum. And charged the people a dollar and a half to see them. No, no, no. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? It'd be a paradise and put up a fucking line. Taxi took my girl away Now don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got Till it's gone To be in paradise Put up a fucking line And now, now Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what
to be paradise, put up a parking lot. Why not they pay paradise to put up a parking lot? Hey, 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 pay paradise and put up a parking lot.